1: Ready to explode tonight. I am so excited. What an absolutely extraordinary sight it was. A tremendous success. President Trump and team rocked Singapore. They rocked Kim Jong-un. And they rocked the world, baby. And in fact, most importantly, well, I wouldn't say most importantly, but man, they rocked the Dems world. There is so, it's sad, but kind of funny at the same time. That we would have people in this country, in large parts, a political party that would absolutely be unhappy with the kind of success we've seen. But you know what? It, the winning from President Trump is truly extraordinary. The world was gripped until the late hours, if not all throughout the night around the world, watching this summit go down. And if you want to chime in on that uh, in in any of the topics of the show tonight, 888-344-1170, because I want to hear from you. You know, I'm already seeing some comments on Facebook that not everybody's cheering yet. Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm cheering, and then coming up in the show, I've got a foreign policy expert who's going to weigh in on uh, his perspective of it, Dan Perkins. And then I know that some people are saying, well, you know, I'm not really sure about uh, the halt of the military exercises. So we've got Major Scott Husing, who wrote the book Echo and Ramadi, who's going to be here to give the military Perspective. And uh, someone who usually gives his perspective throughout the show is my partner in crime. It's my buddy DJ Carrot Sticks.
2: <laughs> Translates to I love carrots.
1: Oh, okay, excellent.
3: And I did stay up kind of late because I watched the press conference. Yes, and my favorite part was, and we talked a little bit about it before, was when he talked about Trudeau uh, going back a little bit on his word once Trump got on his plane. And Trump uh-huh. goes, "Hey, you, he he didn't realize that I got TVs on my plane. I've got
0: TVs on my plane. Ooh, the Canadian people are going to pay for that one.
3: <laughs> I, I love that.
1: You know what? He can fly, get no sleep, fly all the way around the world, have one the probably the biggest." at least in decades, the biggest summit with the world's biggest, meanest, baddest dictator, while at the same time taking shots at other people around the world. I mean, he was handling uh, he was handling business with more than one um, leader of a uh, country. It was absolutely extraordinary. But I got to thinking that it wasn't just as as tremendous as this NOCO summit was. It was just on a, a, a list of of tremendous feats that, that President Trump has managed to accomplish. And in doing so, I got to thinking, Barack who? Let's go down just a partial list here. Lowest black unemployment in history, check. Record stock market levels, because yeah, even after the G7 summit, they were up today, check. Check. Uh, GDP growth exceeding expectations. It was at or above 3% for a while. A little bit low than that, 2.3% recently, but still above expectations. Check. Tax cuts that put uh, bonuses and pay raises in the hands of millions and actually put $2 trillion back in the hands of shareholders. Check. Uh, Out of the Paris Accord. Remember that bad deal that had to do, that was really bad for us economically and had to do with the global uh, climate change hoax? Out of the Paris Accord, check. Um, also, speaking of bad trade deals, that TPP deal, in fact, the details of that were hidden in a basement. I did a whole show about how bad that TPP deal was. But well, you know, well, we're out of the TPP deal, check. Um, the Obamacare mandate's gone, check. We could have full Obamacare repeal if we had a little bit more cooperation on the part of the GOP. We're going to talk about them in a minute. Um, but Obamacare mandate gone, check. Uh, out of the Iran Nuke deal. That was another promise President Trump made. See, President Trump, as as he goes and does a good deal, at least the beginnings of a good deal with NOCO, he knows a bad deal when he sees one. And we're out of that Iran Nuke deal, check. Uh the embassy got moved to, to Jerusalem. Huge foreign policy success, check. And of course, the historic summit with NOCO, check mark. Or maybe we should say check mate. As it relates to Barack Obama and his legacy. And that's why they're so miserable today. That's why uh, Punchy, as uh, President Trump called him today, uh, that uh, fool De Niro, uh, he said he tweeted at him. And it's tw- it's Twitter Tuesday. We're going to get in a little bit of that later. But uh, I was cracking up over that today. Um, Barack who? His legacy is gone completely gone. These were the same people who said he doesn't have any foreign policy experience and he's so unhinged. Look at his tough tweets. He's going to put us into the third world war and it's going to be nuclear. Oh my gosh. And look what we've got. These were the same people that said, you better sell all your stocks before uh, president Trump. His economic policies is going to destroy us. The laundry list that I just went through. Wow. There, how could we have anybody in this country right now doing anything but celebrating this president? And it's because the left can't celebrate successes, not only for political reasons and partisan reasons, but because liberalism thrives on misery. It thrives on actually creating problems and then maximizing the misery and the agony on the part of the people in which they've inflict pain on so that they can then pretend that the solution is government. But they're the ones that created the problem in the first place. Or And in this case, like with North Korea... You look, how did they get this far? How did North Korea get this far with nukes? Because the Democrats, with Jimmy Carter, going over there. What did Carter do with, for the Bill Clinton administration? They gave him money. Didn't work. Same thing with the Iran nuke deal. Economically, the problems that we've got economically in this country, in, in large part created by government interference in the free markets. So that's why they can't celebrate. Any of these solutions today, because the, first of all they don't want solutions, and second of all, Trump's solutions involve freedom, and they can't have a message of freedom, and they certainly can't have a message of freedom that resonates and provides solutions to the American people to come from conservatives so with all this winning that this list that I just read off, and it's a partial list in fact on the five hundred days of President Trump in office. People were coming up with a lot more uh, on their list than this. It really begs the question why the breaking news tonight is, on top of hearing Republicans criticizing, like Lindsey Graham and John McCain and others. And, oh, by the way, you know what, John McCain, if we're not allowed to say anything about you in any way critical – uh, from a policy standpoint or politically, then then be quiet because if we're you know if you're if he's going to chime in on policy and on President Trump and any uh, anything political politically, we've got the right to speak back. And um, so they're criticizing President Trump. I didn't hear those same criticisms of Obama with the Iran New Deal. The same people who were saying that. Um, you know, uh, President Trump was going to, you know, get us into the Third World War because he was so unhinged. The same people today were saying that he was too weak on Kim. But you've got all this success going on, and we've either got the Republicans criticizing President Trump or we've got – We've got all of these so-called moderates, supposedly about 200 of these moderates that have decided that instead of joining and making sure that they're helping to continue to further President Trump's agenda, which is our agenda. They've decided to try to come up with using some arcane, you know, um, tactic or trick to go around Paul Ryan and try to force an amnesty vote. Let that sink in for a moment. While President Trump is doing everything he can to get his agenda passed, which is successful and is providing success for the American people, they're doing everything they can to go against him by pushing amnesty. Because let me tell you, we all know that President Trump did not run on a campaign of amnesty. And he has said that he's willing to give DACA recipients a pathway to citizenship, but it was not going to be automatic right now, and it was not going to be uh, without the border wall. So it defies logic why we've got these Republicans trying to go around Paul Ryan and try to go around basically the will of the people. And I think they're doing it because I think that they know that we care enough about Trump, that we want to prevent the left from taking control of the House, that the the message to Republicans right now is we got to vote Republican in the midterms no matter what. So they feel like they've got a shield of protection to go against Trump and go against what we want because we're going to vote Republican to save Trump they feel like they got us in a corner do they i'm curious what you guys think about it 888-344-1170 we're going to take a break we come back we're going to talk to a farm policy expert get his perspective on this deal the details of it because you know what it's actually not even a deal yet it's it's a great first step we got dan perkins to weigh in on it when we come back andrea Show coming up 888-344-1170
2: Now an editorial by Steve Brodsky, general manager of Cape Race and AM 1170, The Answer. The California Assembly passed a bill that would subject family counselors
5: and pastors to lawsuits just for providing counsel to people looking for help. This bill could lead to banning Bible sales in California. How can that be, you say? Isn't that a violation of free speech? It is a violation of the speech of counselors, and it deprives adults of the freedom to set their own counseling goals and objectives. Politicians in Sacramento believe they know better than church pastors and mental health professionals, including the American College of Pediatricians. The bill will silence those who want to help people with unwanted sexual feelings. I urge you to learn more about Assembly Bill 2943 by going to our website, kprz.com or am1170theanswer.com and click on the banner. Then go to your state representatives and urge them to vote no on AB 2943. Nothing less than our freedom of speech and religion is at stake.
6: What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist, opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $150 and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, you should give Physicians Mutual Insurance Company a call. 1-800-709-3321. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired or on Medicare. Plus, you can choose any dentist you'd like. That's right, any dentist you want. Call and we'll rush you a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-709-3321 That's 1-800-709-3321 1-800-709-3321
2: Sun Garden Terrace, license number three seven four six zero three four three seven. Sylvia taught school for
0: 25 years before retiring and traveling the world with her beloved husband before he passed.
6: My kids put me in here, and I thought, oh great, they've shuffled me off. But after I got here, the people were so wonderful.
0: Sylvia found the perfect place where she could meet new friends and enjoy the activities.
6: I enjoy the card games. If I win anything, <laughs> if I don't win anything, I don't enjoy as much. But I do enjoy the activities, and there's a nice variety so you don't get tired or bored.
0: Sun Garden Terrace customizes individual care and activities based on the unique aspects and abilities of your loved one. You're invited to take a tour, see the renovation of their welcoming memory care wing, and join them for lunch. Visit sungardenterrace.com or call 619-464-CARE. Sun Garden Terrace, because there's such a lot of living to do. Call 619-464-CARE. AM
2: 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170,
1: The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. 888-344-1170 if you would like to chime in. Um, joining me now, chiming in on um, this historic uh, NOCO Summit is Dan Perkins. Hi, Dan. Welcome back to the show.
3: Good evening. Thank you for having me on again.
1: Okay, so um, and I haven't talked to Dan before the show, so I'm not really sure what his perspective is on whether or not he's one of the people who sees this as a good first step or whether or not he has concerns with the details of the deal. Your thoughts, Dan?
3: I have a piece that's coming out, a commentary. I just can't tell you where it's going to come out because I wrote it right after the finish of the summit last night. And I basically say that President Trump is no Neville Chamberlain when it comes to North Korea. For those of you who know, may not know who Neville Chamberlain was, he was the prime minister of England who went to call on Adolf Hitler to try and convince him to, not to invade Czechoslovakia. And he came back with an agreement for peace that uh, Hitler lasted for about three weeks before he invaded Czechoslovakia. What <clears throat> what I, I say in the piece is that, that that Donald Trump is probably the only president in the history of this country who could have done this meeting. And the reason is that he is the only president who has built an empire based on a global business which had him in contact for decades with leaders all over the world, negotiating with them and talking with them and understanding what motivates them and how to deal with them. He was uniquely qualified Mm -hmm. to go and meet with uh, Kim because of his life experience, made him president when he walked in the door.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I touched on that a little bit last night when I said that, um, you know, there there was a lot of uh, bumps in the road. And at one point, Trump did use the takeaway sales approach and pulled back, which had, you know, said, hey, you know what, I'm I'm, I'm out. We're not going to – the summit's not going to happen. And then immediately um, Kim Jong-un came running and wanted to get it back on the table. And then the people said, well, it's too late. There's no way he can make it happen on June 12th. He, there's no time to prep. And Trump said, I've been prepping for this my whole life. and yeah. he And, and he – and- I was just starting to say and he not only was that that wasn't just a catch all phrase there was actually some serious prep that went into this because I I asked um, a foreign policy person last night I said look from a business standpoint I come from a corporate sales background when you're managing a complex sale and you've got something that's going to take years to, to develop every step along the way you have to be closing for something you have to even if it's just the next appointment to get in on the calendar and I asked this foreign policy guy last night I said Trump must be there to close for something he He's not going to get the the ultimate deal done, but he's got to walk out with something. And sure enough, they had a letter of intent. And that was huge. And that showed the world that this and everybody, all these naysayers who said that, you know, he hadn't done any prep. There was some serious prep from a business person standpoint. He knew what he wanted to close for. No, it wasn't the final contract with all the T's and C's determined. But he got a commitment in writing. He got a letter of intent from the evil dictator, Kim Jong-un. I think that is extraordinary.
3: Yes. He also, uh, after that was signed, they had a, a brief conversation. And Kim agreed to work with the U.S. government to try and return as many as the uh, the, the 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 bodies of the Korean War veterans to the United States. Um, <clears throat> what the what the left doesn't understand is that Richard Nixon failed in his first attempt at, at China. Um, <clears throat> even Ronald Reagan failed in his first attempt with with uh, uh, with Russia, and so did John Kennedy. Um, and it's and I think, Andrea, the whole reason is that they they did they when when you walk into that Oval office you, you you assume the responsibility of the chief executive of the United States government. And most of the people who walk in that office have never had any experience of being a chief executive. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump has been a chief executive all of his life. That's what he's done day after day after day. He's worked with the best people and he's worked with the worst people. He knows how to deal with things. A couple of things also in the article. When Kim went to South Korea and he stepped over that mark, the 38th parallel, when he was on his side of the 38th parallel, the gross domestic product of the country of North Korea is equal to the gross domestic product of Reno, Nevada,
7: $40
3: billion. When he crossed that, stepped over that line into South Korea, He stepped into an economy that was 53 times larger than his. Mm. And what Kim wanted out of this summit is he watched what happened in the G7. And he's watched what Trump did. uh, And I said this many times. He watched what he did with Syria. He understands that the strategy that the Kim family, the three generations of rulers, have done in the way they've treated the Western leadership is they rattle their sapers, they make threats, then they go to the table and they get paid off. Mm -hmm. That's what's happened with our presidents. That's what happened with Clinton on and on and on. And so what Trump said, that's got to stop. We're stopped kicking the can down the road. And And it's not going to be, and it's not
1: going to be a a shakedown for money anymore.
3: No. In fact, what, the reason I believe why Kim went to the table is that he realizes that Donald Trump is going to change the world order as it relates to trade and that Donald Trump more than any other leader in the world can bring new businesses to North Korea, which will open up his prisons and feed people and give them the jobs and pride and make it a strong country. He wants to be a trading partner with the United States. The largest export is coal. We got 375 years of coal. We don't need his coal.
1: I, I'm, You've touched on a couple of really important points that I haven't heard anybody else uh, provide uh, in terms of analysis today, but, uh, so you need to get more exposure but thank you for being here uh you're talking about him being an an executive versus what right. we've had too many times is we've had these academics you know people just on the left they just loved barack obama oh he's so brilliant yet we had no we had no evidence of any brilliance including his college records that were sealed um you know that right. so much of um inside the beltway they put so much importance on in, in these intellectuals and these think tanks and this and that versus anybody with any world world real world experience. And Trump right. and Trump knows from all the, his decades of working in a global enterprise around the world. It's like you said at the beginning of the interview. He understands what makes people tick and what motivates them and what what they're going to want to get out of the deal. And and I right. think you're right about Kim Jong Un. He's I think that he this is somebody who studied in Switzerland. This is somebody who's been exposed to to Western culture and and. What a hero he, I think he likes Western culture. If you see at what he did was he was going around as the tourist <clears throat> in Singapore. I think that there's a part of him that's wanting to uh, change his, his country a little bit, get away from his past, and maybe be the hero to his people who brings a little bit of that Western culture in as long as he feels like he's still going to keep his his leadership. That's how I see it.
3: Right. And the other thing is that you're absolutely right. The other thing is if that border, that 38th parallel is opened up, the 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 one in, the one element that will bring about the greatest amount of change in North Korea is South Koreans going home and it, and sharing with the whatever families they have left there and the people they come to visit what is happening in that 53 times difference in economy their life mm-hmm. and I think that 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 is a huge huge differential and so what we're what we're the left is having problems with. They wanted more. They wanted him to commit to more. Trump, I believe, he used their tactics against them because the typical three-generation Kim family tactics with the West disrupt, disorganize, demand, and get paid. And Trump said no more. And so when when Kim attacked Vice President Pence, mm-hmm. Trump, who was an extremely loyal man, who especially with people who are loyal to him, that was the catalyst for him to say, okay, they're trying to play their game. I'm not going to play it. They, I'm, mm-hmm. we're not, it's off. We're not going to do it. Yeah. And in a matter of days, they realized that their whole strategy, the way they had tried to play in the past, was not going to work with Trump, and they had to regroup and become more interested in what it is Mr. Trump had to say. So I, I, I'm i not saying that this is a slam dunk, but I, I did say in the closing part of my commentary <clears throat> Look for something significant to happen just before the midterm elections,
6: mm-hmm.
3: well, because he will use that opportunity to destroy the Democrats.
1: Yes, um, in 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 terms of the the left and the criticisms that this was not detailed enough, it was missing a lot. Of course, it was. It was just a letter of intent. It wasn't the details. Mm-hmm. It was right. meant. It was meant to be a starting point, but it was significant because it it was it was an. Um, anytime you get somebody saying yes and nodding their head, you know, in sales, that's a good thing. You want you you're rehearsing them and you're conditioning them to get what you want out of them ultimately. But the but what I find so ridiculous is the same people that are criticizing Trump today for it not being a full on deal with all the T's and C's determined on day one as if that was going to happen. These are the same people that were, were applauding the Iran nuke deal, which had terms and conditions, which was a deal that had no verification. It was based on the honor system. That was basic. that was actually giving the, uh, the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, the honor system to do, to self-inspect that deal involved right. terms and conditions. And in some, some of the terms and conditions that John Kerry himself, nor Obama actually ever read. And and then and then there was no repercussions on them when they were immediately starting to violate the deal. But those people, the people that applauded that are criticizing Trump today.
3: So let me let me take that one step further and give you something else that is not on the table anywhere else. The implication of what's going on in North Korea. Most people don't realize that North Korea has been sharing a lot of intelligence and equipment and scientists with Iran that's mm. going to stop. Yeah. And so the the implication of Mr. Trump working to deal with Iran, now Korea has the potential to be an ally by shutting off the flow of technology and personnel.
1: Well, it's a fascinating fascinating uh situation and turn of events and developments and um I think that every American should be should be happy today with President Trump and what he's accomplished so far, because to me, it's a win win for him, no matter how this fleshes out. Let's say this piece Brian. ends up not working out and Trump has to do what pe- what people believe that he can and would do, which is use our military force. E- either way, it's a win. We're going to come out a win. Yes. Either the, either these peace talks are going to work out uh, in the way that we need them to, or they don't, and we have to use military force and and to um, do a leadership change, a regime change, and we do. And you know, we've right. we've had to do that in the past. There's a reason why we have the military might. In the absence of who was it who said you would probably know this? Who was it who said that the absence of war is not necessarily peace, or does not equate to peace?
3: I, I You got me. I, I can't answer that. But well, I, I do have one one factoid. I think we're almost out of time. Yeah, we are. Let, let me give you one fact. Rasmussen pointed out today. In a survey, 85 percent of the people surveyed said, I am proud to be an American.
1: Mm, yes.
3: 85 mm-hmm. percent. Proud to be an American. And I'm sure that Mr. Trump has helped that. Even more. And, and and I and I and, and I think it it <clears throat> he's not surprised about what he accomplished. I mean, he, he 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 went into this at a very straightforward, clear thinking. He told the American people, if it doesn't look like it's going to be a good deal, I'm walking. I'm yeah. not I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not going to I'm not going to put America at risk. I'm not going to I'm not going to do any more of these bad deals. Right. Because it's, it, we need to do something.
1: That's right. Because if
3: it's not good. And that's what he told. That's what he told the world at the g seven last weekend right we 're well, going to change we're, the way we 're going to change trade we 're going to yeah. make it
7: free trade
1: well we're I, i'm liking what that what the White House official had to say about the new trump doctrine we 're America beep, and it 's a lot better <laughs> i 'm not going to say the word but it 's a lot better than what the doctrine was for eight years, which is uh we 're America and we 're the world's be. So uh, I think I think Trump has done a lot already in the two years, a year and a half uh, to make America great again. Dan Perkins, foreign policy analyst, author of the book, The Brotherhood of the Red Nile Trilogy. Thank you so much for being here.
3: It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. All
1: right. Now, stay tuned, because coming up, a lot of people are concerned that this deal um, involved the um, at least the standoff. Temporarily of military exercises with South Korea, and we've got uh, military hero Major Scott Husing is going to be here to give his perspective on that. So stay tuned. More Andrea K show coming up.
2: Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. If you don't have an estate plan The
1: cat Hi, this is Andrea Kay, and when I lived in Las Vegas, this Southern girl fell in love with the desert landscape. I loved all the rock formations and the beautiful deep red rocks compared to that crisp blue sky, and that's why I love so much Erin Hansen and the Erin Hansen Gallery. She's a contemporary Impressionist artist, and her new collection of red rock desert paintings is being presented next Saturday, June 16th, from 5 to 9 p.m., located just off the 15 Freeway at 9705 Carroll Center Road here in San Diego. Her vibrant paintings, breathe such fresh color into traditional western landscapes and take me right back into those beautiful desert areas. And each painting represents her unique view of the natural world. This collection will feature pieces inspired by Hansen's travels through the national parks and monuments of Utah and Arizona, Nevada, and Colorado. So don't miss it. They'll have live music and wine tasting. Join us at the Aaron Hansen Gallery for the Red Rock Show next Saturday, June 16th from 5 to 9 p.m. Or visit Aaron's page at aaronhansen.com That's aaronhansen.com.
5: This report is pre-recorded and sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network.
7: Here's the Word on Wealth, a retirement update from five-star wealth manager, certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor.
6: Greetings friends, welcome to this edition of the Word on Wealth, Marty Schneider here. Social security system is gonna begin paying out more than it takes in in the year 2021. Over a period of time, they could continue to bump that full retirement age all the way up to 68. That one simple year, would have a huge impact on the system in terms of its stability long-term. The other big issue, of course, is they could bump up the tax itself. If you need help on putting together your long-term retirement plan and come on in and see me, all you got to do is call and schedule your free consultation with me, 800-727-PLAN, 800-727-7526. That's it for this edition of The Word on Wealth. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you right here on these very same Salem Network Stations.
2: AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. We are basking in the glow of President Trump and his trip to Singapore. He rocked the world, Kim Jong-un, and he rocked the Dems world. Um, but then not everybody has seen it that way. Some people are saying, oh, my gosh, it's the worst thing ever that, you know, he's uh, called a halt or I can't remember the exact verbiage. Uh, he's uh, temporarily halting, I guess, the military exercises between the U.S. and South Korea. And joining me to give the military perspective on that is a, a favorite military hero of mine, Major Scott Husing, who wrote the book Echo and Ramadi. Hey, Scotty, welcome back to The Andrew K. Show.
5: Hey, it's great to be back on. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. So uh, thank you. Um, Give us the perspective from a military standpoint on the deal itself and your reaction to um, the halting of the military exercises.
5: Well, much like you and probably a lot of your listeners, I was absolutely thrilled to see the outcome of not only the summit happening, but the the aftermath and and some of the comments, I think, uh, need to be taken in perspective. And I'm going to share my opinion with you. As a commander that not only participated um, you know in some of those what they call war games off the coast and in the country of South Korea but as a guy who's had to fight you know in cities like Ramadi Iraq but before we go into those deadly situations these bilateral training exercises meaning there's at least two different countries doing it they do a lot of things and they're not just for a show of force they obviously provide great training experiences but for the even for the young soldiers and Marines, you know, the team building and the the tactical training that happens is essential. And it not only does that, but it also establishes these friendships and harmony. That is really the, the, the basis of these bilateral exercises known between all those soldiers. So to say that we should just erase the concept of bilateral training really needs some further discussion at the administrative and political levels, because, you know, if, if we, if we just erase it, I think we're gonna once again fail to be students of our history and removing that forward presence. And these were lessons that we absolutely learned in World War II in the European theater and in the Pacific theater. And by having that U.S. presence, it really does allow for not only regional stability, but free trade and it serves as an anchor point for that military machine to stay ingrained in the culture in those areas and to have that ground perspective.
1: Well, um, I agree with you. I think there's a reason why it's important for us to maintain our presence all around the world, not just on the Korean Peninsula, but in Europe as we are and, you know, Japan and, you know, you know we're everywhere around the world. Um, I, 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 And Trump didn't say that we were pulling out. He said he would like to see us leave the area, um, but we're going to stay there. Um, for now, so um you know, I don't really know that and I think we're only halting the exercises right now as part of the negotiations. I don't know that it's a long term plan, so yeah i agree i go ahead
5: I, I don't i don't I don't think anyone's really pumping the brakes on this right now. I think it's obviously part of the political process to discuss those things um and and but I think it's it's very important too that for those that haven't been there to see the the vast benefits of what we do. Um, and you you mentioned Japan, which is a prime example. We have bases all over that country, all over Europe, um, that provide us a conduit for additional political and economic throughput mm-hmm. to gain and maintain those relationships in the area. And it, this has nothing to do, Andrea, with nation building. It has everything to do with maintaining those relationships with partner nations. And I say partners because they're in it with us. Mm -hmm. And if we're viewed in that light, we will continue to enjoy those friendships, Mm -hmm. the bilateral training aspects, and also, hopefully, if, if Trump makes the deal right, some of the costs for those guys. So they start kicking in more of their share because well,
1: that's a good point, Americans. because excuse me for interrupting. But um, producer mm-hmm. Todd had made that point. Why do we have to pay for the majority of the training if it's bilateral training? But I also wanted to uh, you know, I had a thought and I didn't want to lose it when we have these bases all around the world. It also provides a way for us when you look at what happened with the tsunami in uh, Thailand. If we didn't have all these Mm -hmm. operating bases around the world, we would not be able to provide the humanitarian aid to the degree that we do as well. Correct?
5: Absolutely. That is such a great point. I was just talking to another friend about that. And Americans need to know, and I know that most are not naive in the sense that it costs money to train our military. And those are investments that pay dividends. And training in these diverse cultures is what keeps our nation's military razor sharp. If and when the time calls it, they have to go into those extreme environments. But in the absence of that full-on, full-scale, you know, urban combat that I experienced, we do have to respond to the tsunamis. We do have to respond to the earthquakes. And the Marine Corps is especially well-suited with our Navy brethren, Mm -hmm. to be the world's 911 force as we float in all parts of the world ready to respond. Because until we live in some utopian society, which is not going to occur anytime soon, you know, we have to continue to project power and that partnership abroad Mm -hmm. and really have a forward presence so people know that just like we've done for decades and centuries now as a nation, Mm -hmm. we're always going to be there to take care of those that can't take care of themselves.
1: Absolutely. Um, In the couple minutes we have left, I think this uh, summit was a win-win for Trump because if it works out from a negotiations, a diplomacy standpoint, it's a win. And if it doesn't and we have to use military force at some point, it should be a win for us as well. But, you know, we... heroes like yourself always see military force as a as a last option what would that look like if we had to use military force either for regime change or to take out his nuclear would it nuclear facilities would it be just an air campaign to take out his nuclear sites or would it involve boots on the ground
5: well when you're talking to more conventional strategy against that type of force which the north koreans do possess and they, having once again, been off both coasts of the peninsula, been on the ground in South Korea. It, there, it's not urban legend that they have massive uh, artillery batteries and rockets pointed right at Seoul. You know, when right. we got you know over twenty million people living in one city, that's going to be a bad day. Yeah. And the only way to do that is probably through some preemptive measure if it if it were ever to come to that point. But I'm I'm hopeful, as I would hope most are that it doesn't come to that and it's through negotiations and through strong political leadership right. that will avert those type of decisions. But being poised in that area for so many years now for, for again, decades uh, since the Korean war, and I, you know, I think we'll be able to respond in, in the appropriate manner. Um, yeah. and that may mean surgical strikes that may mean boots on the ground at the end of the day. But I, I'm very hopeful because as a guy that's been in those situations, and, and again, I'm, I'm no hero. Um, but no one wishes that type of, of combat or that right. type of chaos on, on their children or those that serve right now um, and that are out there doing the things for our nation's bidding.
1: Well, well, I do think you're a hero. And you wrote in the book about quite a few heroes. And the book is Echo and Ramadi, Major Scott Husing. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your perspective. Oh,
5: always my pleasure. Thanks, Andrea.
1: All right. Now, stay tuned because we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to give you Tuesday's news you can use uh, with my buddy Rod Hatley. And it is also Twitter Tuesday. And guess who's lighting it up over there on Twitter? It's none other than President Trump. Wake up, punchy. More Andrea Kayser coming up.
2: You, just like we did Larry's friends
7: and family. Thanks, buddy. For the highest quality custom windows and doors made right here for you, call Aaron at California Deluxe Windows. Ask about getting 20% off your entire order and one year of interest-free financing. That's California Deluxe Windows, -windows. 888-NEW-WINDOWS. 888-NEW-WINDOWS. He will indeed say, Your house
2: can be covered with potato chips, and we wouldn't crack one. CSLB number 774518. Some restrictions apply.
1: Hi, this is Andrea Kay. And when I lived in Las Vegas, this southern girl fell in love with the desert landscape. I loved all the rock formations and the beautiful deep red rocks compared to that crisp blue sky. And that's why I love so much Erin Hansen and the Erin Hansen gallery. She's a contemporary impressionist artist and her new collection of red rock desert paintings is being presented next Saturday, June 16th from five to 9 PM located just off the 15 freeway at 9705 Carroll Center road here in San Diego. Her vibrant paintings breathe such fresh color into traditional Western landscapes and take me right back into those beautiful, beautiful, Beautiful desert areas, and each painting represents her unique view of the natural world. This collection will feature pieces inspired by Hansen's travels through the national parks and monuments of Utah and Arizona, Nevada, and Colorado. So don't miss it. They'll have live music and wine tasting. Join us at the Aaron Hansen Gallery for the Red Rock Show next Saturday, June 16th from 5 to 9 p.m. or visit Aaron's page at AaronHansen.com. That's AaronHansen.com.
8: Most solar companies try to sell you a leased solar system. The owner of your system, the solar company, keeps your 30% federal tax credit, and they don't pass the refund back to you. In fact, their prices remain just as high. My name is Jesse Keegan, owner of Keegan Electric Solar. Most lease systems are too small, so you're still paying the power company and your lease every month. When you own it, you get to use a 30% tax credit. Visit KeeganElectricSolar.com or call 619-742-8376 to talk with me today. Hey homeowners, listen up. Interest rates are
4: rising and experts agree they'll continue to rise. So you need to seriously think about refinancing now before rates go up more. The longer you wait, the more interest you might pay. So if you even thought about pulling cash out of the equity in your home to pay off credit cards, car loans, or purchase an investment property, you need to make the cash call now at 855-880-CASH before mortgage rates rise anymore. Cash Call Mortgage can still refinance your loan at a low fixed interest rate for a flat fee of just $995 and will pay all third-party closing costs. Call 855-880-CASH today to begin the quick and easy process. We close most loans in less than 21 days to get you the cash you need fast. That's
8: 855-880-CASH.
1: Impact Mortgage Card, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender. Call 855-657-9910 for terms, conditions, and restrictions. California Department of Business Oversight Residential Mortgage Lender Law License, NMLS, 128231.
4: That's 855-880-CASH. 855-880-CASH. AM 1170,
2: The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show on our final segment here tonight. 888-344-1170 if you'd like to chime in. I'll save a couple of minutes at the end of the show. But now it's my Tuesday news you can use segment. And joining me is my buddy Rod Hatley from Hatley Law Group. Hey, Rod, welcome back to the show.
7: Thanks for having me tonight.
1: Um, well, I'm not sure if you tax attorneys out there, you're a tax and estate planning attorney. I'm not sure how happy y'all are at the revolt going on uh, in California and elsewhere against taxes. Uh, we had our primaries here in California, and the gas tax repeal was, and, and taxes in general were a huge issue uh, for the voters. We had uh, a state legislator who was recalled because he voted for the gas tax. Now in Seattle, uh, the last time you were here on the show, we talked about uh, this ga- – The what was called the head tax, which was two hundred a two hundred seventy five dollar per employee tax, this was was signed into law last month in Seattle, and even liberal liberals, conservatives, both sides of the aisle, business owners just went nuts over it. Particularly big businesses like Amazon, because they were saying this is seven thousand people we're not going to be able to hire because of this, and right. So no. na- now the update on this, I don't know if you know, is that um, because of a revolt by the voters telling the city council that they're going to get them, recall them out of office, the Seattle City Council has repealed the head tax. So what does this say to you tax attorneys out there?
7: Well, I, I, I think what it says <laughs> is I, I think people, I, I think that the populace, I think people are are, are not dumb I'm, and, and the, pe- the voters aren't dummies. I mean, and they're going to vote. Uh, with their pocketbook, and they're yes. going to say, "Look, you know, you keep taxing us and taxing us and taxing us. Eventually, you know, you can't keep going back to the wealth. I mean, that's it." And businesses, and it, I, this
1: really puts a hurt on businesses. This kind of uh, stuff, doesn't it? Sure.
7: Well, and I, I think as we talked about the last time, uh, whenever you have, um, you know, I, I think the issue of well, not only for Seattle but also for elsewhere, I don't think it's an issue of do they have a revenue generation issue mm-hmm. i think it's do they have a, a spending issue right. i mean how are they spending the money what's the and, and i don't know that there's accountability and i think that as i suggested last time i think there may be leakage right uh, when they get the revenues how are they spending this money and can you show to the satisfaction mm-hmm. of the uh, voters you know and in a transparent way how the money is being spent
8: mm-hmm.
7: to so that they the voters feel okay well all right i i can live with that but you know, to be taxed and taxed and taxed on top of tax, mm-hmm. I mean, at a certain point, you know, people, you know, begin to vote and say, no, that's it. No yeah. more. Ba- you yeah. make do with what, what you're getting or you're know, exactly. <laughs> out another way to get to get by without the revenues because we're not going to pay these taxes anymore,
1: especially when you're doing a targeted tax like this that's directed at business owners, because it, it, when you're a small business owner, two hundred and seventy five dollars per employee. That's that's tough because most small business owners are on a very tight margin. Many of them have to take out. Oftentimes, I've had family members have to take out second mortgages on their home to be able to you know make payroll or to be able to make an investment for for you know R and D or or to grow their business. So you know you cannot be pro labor and be anti business with your policy because it just doesn't work. You've got to have policies, particularly taxes and regulations, that allow for growth, that allow businesses to keep money in, in into their own pockets so that. They can. And when you when you look at President Trump's tax plan as was that going back to JFK days, he supported tax cuts for businesses and for individuals. It spurs economic growth. And when Trump, the most recent tax cut that the the um, Congress passed through, what did the business owners yeah. do, Rod? They wrote checks to bon- uh, for bonuses to employees, paid uh, dividends to shareholders and increased wages. You know, business people, as you know, are not evil. Yeah. And, and that's what happens. Correct.
7: Yeah, I mean, that, that's I mean I, and I think the jury may still be out on a lot of the, the you know the, the ripple effect but sure. that's what I understand that um, you know there was uh, bonuses that were paid and mm-hmm. uh, reinvestment in, in companies which otherwise would probably not happen. well certainly would not happen but for mm-hmm. the tax breaks if they got and we dropped the corporate tax rate down from 35 to 21 percent and that certainly uh, leaves more money. Um, on the table for the business owners to do with, you know, what they think is necessary, you know, uh, yeah. invest back in the company, uh, reward the, their loyal employees, mm-hmm. pay dividends to shareholders, and maybe give something back to the society at large, you know, through charitable donations.
1: Right. i got to shift gears now a little bit uh, into some estate planning Uh, last week we had, and, and I want y'all to know that this was my idea. I I reached out to Rod for this and asked him if he would be comfortable talking about this because last week we had a couple of really high profile, tragic stories of suicide. yeah. Yeah. And it it really, for the first time that I've noticed, it really launched a lot of conversations about the impact on survivors for the first time. It was was a transfer of sympathy. First, compassion, of course, is to the person who was in such agony they took their life. But then I had so many listeners tell me that they they were a family member that was left behind and the destruction that they suffered emotionally and mentally. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know what, it's not just high profile. Yesterday, about a mile from here, we had someone who jumped off of the the overpass over the five at Genesee and took their life oh at, at one yesterday afternoon. And I thought, you know what, this is increasing 30%. And what, yeah. a, what, a, what a lot of people did not talk about, but of course I thought about it and people can call me callous, but I thought about the financial impact on families as well, because life oh, insurance sure. doesn't pay out for suicide. And that's well, why I wanted to bring you on to talk about this to talk yeah, about yeah, you know well, you know it may estate planning for people to take sure. care of your family when you pass, however yeah. you go
7: yeah uh, I did a little research, and uh, if you uh, commit suicide within the first two years of a policy being in place uh, that's what they would that's what the insurance company calls the elimination period if you you know, if you're driven to commit suicide within the first two years of having purchased a policy, typically they won't pay that out. That that would be an exclusion. But after you get through the first two years and then if things become so bad or whatever it is that drives you to take your own life, um, you know, you've got through the elimination period. The, the insurance company is going to pay out oh, okay. policy proceeds. Okay. So, you know, but um, I think it's a couple of things that, you know, we'd always encourage people like plan for the future. You don't know what tomorrow brings. Tomorrow's promise to no one. Uh, have a plan in place. I mean, it may not be a perfect plan, certainly, but have a plan in place. You know, what happens to you if you become incapacitated or suddenly you're out of the picture forever? What happens to your family? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of that can be addressed by good estate planning, also good financial planning um, and good tax planning. You know, just
6: mm-hmm.
7: having all the advisors working together to make sure that You know, should something happen to you that your family uh, is is positioned as best they can be? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm obviously uh, if someone commits suicide, there's going to be the survivor's guilt. Like, you know, what happened? Why didn't I see the signs? And that's just that's bad enough. But then, you know, to leave a mess behind, a financial uh, mess for the family to have to clean up and then having to go through, say, a probate, uh, which can be you know, challenging in its own way. I mean, it's just you know have have a good plan in place because and I don't know enough about the facts I mean about Kate Spade and or Anthony Bourdain um, you know people who seem to have it all they seem to be yeah. successful and and then suddenly they are, are out of the picture forever so and then you're you know especially the family wondering what could we have done what, yes. what should we have seen or what should we have acted on but to the point to your point uh, have a good planning in place so that. You know, and and it didn't have to be anything, you know, extreme like a a suicide user walking across the street to get lunch and then taken out by, you know, an an inattentive driver. Right. So now what happens? Yeah. so uh, always valuable to have a plan in place of some kind, whether it's a will or a trust. But uh, I always encourage people to, you know, uh, get a plan in place. And if they had a plan in place, have it updated, have it reviewed periodically throughout the years.
1: Well, thank you so much um, for sharing that. Rod Hatley, how can people get a hold of you?
7: Okay, Uh, always feel free to give me a call at area code 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. All right, thank
1: you so much. It's not the funnest topic at all, but you know what? This is absolutely important news you can use, and um, take care of your loved ones. And thank you for being here, Rod.
7: Thanks for having me. All right.
1: Um, Let's end on a fun note. Uh, Twitter Tuesday. You know, he, in the middle of coming off a of 7 and, and re, realigning us economically with trade policies and starting peace talks and keeping us safe, President Trump still had time to deal with some haters out of Hollywood. He got on Twitter and he took on that... Uh, Robert De Niro, and if you haven't seen the tweets, check it out. It's absolutely hilarious. He, he referred, he said to De Niro, oh, he's not, he's a low IQ person. Um, and he seemed like he might have been a little punch drunk. Uh, wake up punchy, he said. And you know what? I found out today there's another reason why De Niro might have been a little angry like he was. Did you know DJ Carrot Sticks, uh, that (laughs) the, the Tony Awards got beat by celebrity family feud in the ratings Sunday night.
3: Well, yeah, because they had Kanye West on the Family Feud.
1: (gasps) That makes it even better. Yeah. Trump's buddy, Kanye West, beat De Niro, and the Tonys in the ratings. Hallelujah. Thanks, you all, for being here. I'll be right back here tomorrow at 6. Love you all. And love you, Trump. Winning. Have a great night. Uh